What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast, the Sweet 16 edition. Here we are to preview the Idaho Vandals, the fourth-ranked Idaho Vandals at that. As the Salukis head to Moscow, Idaho, to try to pull off the upset in round two. I'm Nate Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, it's exciting. Again, we love playing teams we've never played before. This is the first ever matchup between us and them. Only notables are Nate Griffin was on with uh, Luke Martin and the Saluki Royalty. We know that Nate is a graduate and an alumni of Idaho, so that's the only ties we have in this one. But again, Noah, a Big Sky team that's elite, had been elite all season long. And their offense is nothing to mess with in this game. Our defense will be tested and everything else that comes with an upset win, potentially. What's going on? Yeah, definitely an exciting week waiting waiting for Saturday to get here and um, expecting it to be a good game. I mean, trying trying to get to the Elite Eight and to the third round of the playoffs for the first time since 2007. 2007 where um, we reached we got there and uh, Delaware took us out Joe Flacco and company so um, it's been a long time coming but get to see really kind of a new opponent Um, Idaho I mean they are the team that back in uh, the late 90s I think the year you were born 96 uh, they made the jump to FBS and back in 2018 after just struggling in the FBS they dropped back to the FCS in the big sky and um, really have made a playoff appearance last year under first year head coach Jason Eck and uh, is a very very good football team no doubt we I touched on their offense we'll go through who they have offensively they have one of the best receivers in the country and one of the best running backs in the country who's a touchdown machine so Again, our defense will be tested. It's going to be so much fun to dive into it and then obviously see it at 9 o'clock, as we've said before, 9 o'clock game, central time at 7 o'clock out there in Moscow for the guys. We haven't played many 7 o'clock games. We mentioned how Austin P was at 6. Other than that, we haven't – I think that was our only night besides SEMO as well, I suppose. Not, didn't have many night games, so we'll see how the boys are, especially with flying all the way across country. It is a long, far trip away. And as we mentioned also on tweets and maybe talked about on the last one, this is an ESPN2 game as well. We talked about how not a whole lot of things are on TV around that around that time of night for us. And like I said, seven on that side of the country. Uh, and it's the only game of the second round that is on that kind of TV, and it's national TV. So maybe they just needed something to fill the TV slot, as we've said and joked about. But we know it's a big game nonetheless. So, again, excited to talk about this at the end. Shorter episode, perhaps, on the horizon, Noah, because to lead off like we always do on these on these preview episodes, which, again, we're doing this now because we're going to have a busy end to the week. So we're trying to get this out to you guys now to have a uh, half a week to listen to it up until uh, Saturday night's game. But, Noah, let's talk about the commits and the ones that are still in the playoffs fighting for their playoff lives and who is still alive and whose who's high school career came to an end recently. Yeah, I mean, obviously we knew we had uh, four guys left um, playing for um, getting close to one game away from state championship games. And 
our guy E.T. Harris uh, down in Kentucky at Kentucky Country Day down there in Class 1A. Season came to an end last, last week, 42-6 to loss uh, to Raceland, a really good football team. I know E.T. Um, had a great senior year. He did uh, post his senior year highlights and uh, his football stats. Uh, he ended up with, uh, I guess, his high school. For, I think he posted his senior year stats or maybe just his high school stats. Ended up for his high school year, high school career, two-year starter at Kentucky Country Day. Um, 30, over 3,900 passing yards, 42 touchdowns, 521 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns. Um, he has a school record for career passing percentage, so that shows you not only dual threat, um, he can make all the throws, district player of the year, uh, conference player of the year, first team all district, first team all conference, just a really good football player. Can't wait to get him, and hopefully um, he should be in the QB room next year um, and redshirting and learning to grow under um, all these guys that's been here. So, um, great season for ET and the Bearcats down there at Kentucky Country Day, but just come up one game short of playing in a state championship. Also down in Kentucky, our DN commit Nate Tronzo and his team coming off a 14 to seven overtime win over Frederick Douglas last week in in the state semifinals. So they move on and they're taking on. Uh, this Saturday, Brian Station, um, Brian Station beat Ballard, uh, 24-21 last week, 11 and three football team. So, um, expecting a really good game for Nate in the in the state championship game. Um, playing very good football for him right now. So, six um, A class six A down there in Kentucky. So really good for him. We also know we in the state of Kentucky, uh, we had our offensive line commit. Jack Lindsay um, in class 5A down there, Owensboro. Um, takes Played their rival last week in the semis, lose 38-8. So Jack and Owensboro finished the season one game away from a championship. So um, tough loss losing like that um, in, the, in the semifinals, that kind of big of a spread. So it was a great year for Jack and his team. I mean, Jack's a very valuable addition to this O-line, just like we've been adding to the O-line the last couple classes. Um, then our other guy we knew was still alive down there in Mississippi, our cornerback commit, Denham Mitchell, um, play, down there in 7A, play a loaded Starkville High School, lost 35-15, so his season comes in. And so uh, one guy left to play for some hardware. Um, I think Nate and his team can get it done this weekend, but – all those other guys have had great senior seasons and so excited uh, to get them here, hopefully as soon as possible. Um, and obviously we know December coming up. So signing day will be here soon enough, hopefully, and we'll get some guys uh, signed. Yeah. We'd like to get a lot of them official. You know, we talked about the other guys that, excuse me, have been uh, getting looked at by other uh, schools or like posting offers, like all that stuff, like all the stuff that you see if you're not officially signed yet. So once that day happens, it'd be great to see, as you said, that day coming up for a lot of things, high school and even obviously early portal. 
But yeah, it's good to see Nate still alive. He's fighting for that state title. And again, it's few and far between of guys we've had over the years that have officially got it done. We were we've been so heavy in Kentucky. It's crazy. Uh it stinks about ET because uh, you know, his seemed like his offense had been rolling. He'd been doing incredible things. Um uh, and we talked about, you know, because you said Nate was six A in Kentucky and then uh, Et what what we says one a so it's like even the class difference of position changes if you're a quarterback making plays whatever class it is that shows a lot and then obviously a defensive lineman an outside linebacker commit doing things at that level is great and then you mentioned denim seven a and his too so it's like these guys are getting the competition for sure even if it's not at the best it's they're still putting up production phenomenal senior years from all the guys even the guys that barely made the playoffs or didn't or exited early phenomenal senior seasons. And we're not officially done talking about it yet. Cause there is one guy still alive. We'll talk about him as time goes on here in the, in the coming episodes, but no doubt. And even a lot of these guys are so bought in. I'm just on Nate's Twitter and he's retweeting that thing we talked about last episode about the def- defensive coordinator of the week with Antonio James. So it's like, these guys are ready to get going and we're excited for them to sign as well as, you know, get on campus at some point this summer. And we'll be, we'll be excited to see when that happens. Uh, again, talking too much into the future, knowing we have a lot of business still to take care of in this season, but it's always fun to talk about the future and no doubt about it. Awesome careers for a lot of these guys. Um, Noah, last time we talked, there's there, we've only gained one. As far as we know, we know different things on Twitter, who posts what, who tags what, who says what about offers from SIU, but Cameron Jones, an offensive line portal entry from Cincinnati, knows Michael Lindauer, knows Marcelo Mendiola. Marcelo quoted it and said something to him about it. So he's notable. He also got an offer from Jacksonville State and Austin P today as well. Uh, but that's notable. As we talked about, we have an offensive line that is, you know, intact for the most part in the future. But we we want as many good guys as we can get, especially if they know each other, you know, or know people on the current team. So he's notable. He looks like a big old grizzled veteran. So add him to our list uh, for the early uh, portal. There's been crazy portal entries, notably quarterbacks at the higher levels. There, It's been happening like crazy, as we've said. Quickly here, because I didn't mention off the rip, we all newcomer did come out yesterday. I remember saying on Monday it could have been Wednesday, because that's just what Coach Hill said, that he wasn't exactly for sure on that. But a lot of newcomers added, and it's a lot of impactful guys that we've had this season. That is Colin Bohannock. He had 56 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss to this point, two and a half sacks. Devin Cowan, 22 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, two forced fumbles. Vincent Newsom, 50 catches, 605 yards, three touchdowns, as we've said. Uh, Ubed Steed, Mr. Steady, 75 tackles, two picks, four pass breakups. And Tim Varga, as we know, 38 tackles, four and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss. So shout out to all these new guys. All big impacts on this season so far. Only one on offense. Again, it continues to show. And that's how it was on the All-NBC for us as well with honorable mentions. So it just shows you how great our defense has been all year. Shout out to all these newcomers. They had a video they posted recently of all those guys talking about what it means to go into this playoff game coming up. So good stuff from them. And, again, congrats to all of those guys for getting that. You know, uh, 
I was going to mention presser things, but Nick Hill just asked about Idaho and their offense and stuff like that. It was like a 15-minute presser. We At some point, we never really talk about the presser anymore. Only notables, whether it's injuries or some other things that stick out to us, we always have it on here just to mention, but there's really nothing. Actually, in terms of depth chart-wise, I'm not at it and in front of me real uh, at all at the moment to see if anything's changed, doubt it. But no, let's dive into these other second-round games and these other matchups that are going on. We know there's one notably – one that's a fringe shell that I remember people uh, seeing for a particular game. But what else are the other matchups for the Sweet 16 games? Winners go to the Elite Eight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Going to be a fun second round. I think some really good games. But uh, I think the probably the, the biggest spread of the week, I can't remember what it was, but Craig Haley tweeted out some tweets. South Dakota State host Mercer. Don't think that will be close at all. A uh, really good game. Villanova hosting Youngstown. Uh, I think Youngstown can potentially win that football game and um, get a rematch with South Dakota State if they want it. Uh, then Albany hosts Richmond. That's obviously one we'll have an eye on early on the day before our game gets kicked off. Uh, Two-seeded Montana hosts Delaware. I think Delaware, that's a tough trip all the way out to Montana. Uh, across, the, across, across the United States, pretty much, and I don't think that'll go well for them, but they have a pretty good offense to maybe keep pace. But I think the Grizz are rolling too much. Furman hosting Chattanooga. I think that's another potential upset. Chattanooga uh, coming from playing an SEC school their last week of the season. Guess getting a test there. Then they go and win, upset Austin P on the road with a game-winning field goal. I think Furman's offense is really good. Then uh, the, the, probably the outside of excluding ours – in our opinion, I think the two best matchups of the weekend, North Dakota State travels Montana State. I know I think we we both have the bison in that one. Then Sac State uh, traveling to South Dakota. I think South Dakota is definitely on upset alert. If I were to, like I said, excluding our game, if I were to upset alert, I'd say South Dakota, the three seed in the bracket, is on upset alert. Yeah, we both like Sacramento State. They beat Stanford. They just have had one of those seasons that, you know, they kind of showed some cracks at times, but then they go beat North Dakota, who is, you know, a French playoff team, as we know, and then now we get another Valley team. And definitely we've talked about South Dakota. seems like there's nothing about them that's fraudulent. Just a, It's a really high seed for, you know, a team that's held on to some matches. We know they barely beat us, and they've – had other games and, and they're a good team as we know, but definitely they are one of the seeds that remains to be on upset alert. I agree with you there. Definitely. I, it, people have mentioned chalk at first and even I initially did about what could happen in some of these, but yeah, South Dakota state people were kind of saying how the matchup with Mercer, that the spread was too high. The initial, what people should expect. Um, yeah. Montana should take care of Delaware in an interesting game. I and mean, there's some interesting ones. I wouldn't say there's chalk at all. Cause even as you said, Chattanooga is riding hot right now, the battle test against Alabama. And you mentioned Austin P when now they're going to Furman. Furman's had a couple weeks and all these seeds obviously have had a week off. So the teams that are hot and ready to go, you know, could have an advantage on the road. And even that's speaking for us as well, but you mentioned uh, whoever had said that there's a fringe sellout for North Dakota state, Montana state, as we'd expect. So a massive, massive game in that one. If anything, I want to say Montana should be shortly favored by maybe a field goal or North Dakota state. One or the other, I think we talked about it. They were like predictions by FCS red and all the stuff they usually do, but more notably, all of these games are in the afternoon. There's two 11 o'clock. No doubt because 
let's just say, you know, we're able to do our thing and win our game, that if Richmond beats Albany, that's whenever you can have a, another home playoff game in that sense. So, and that, and that estimate, we are definitely uh, watching it for that. You Albany is really good. You mentioned Youngstown for sure. Another 11 o'clock game could go in there and do that. The only game that's close to us time-wise is Delaware Montana at eight o'clock. The rest are at 11, one, 11 noon, one and two o'clock. So, Going to be following those, no doubt about it, throughout a busy Saturday for us with a lot of other football and obviously SAU basketball that's same, around that same time on Saturday. So interesting games, no doubt about it. Doesn't look like any changes on the depth chart. Looks like we're all full go, healthy, ready to go. We mentioned Barola's dealing with stuff. He's ready. Everyone else is as well. Because on the last one, the depth chart had the Sam Newmans and Jack and Jackson Saley's and Aiden Logan. Now it's got our starters back officially on that. So um, just because I'm going back and look at Jalen Reed is apparently we know Isaiah has been handling punts that Jalen Reed and Vincent are on there for that. And we know Jimmy Athens has gone off kick return. That's Vincent and Justin Strong. So we'll go ready to go for this week. And we'll dive into our guys here in a second. So, yeah, no, a quicker pod. Here we are. We're already ready to talk about the Vandals. And again, they're, High-powered, as all get out on offense. They have an interesting defense, one that's not too crazy. It's like you can score on them. That's the name of it. You have to score to win, and as we know. What else do we know about the Vandals? Uh, you mentioned you know, their coach and where they were even back in the mid to late 90s of coming to this level and all that stuff you already said. But what else do we know about them? We can dive into that elite offensive personnel. Yeah, definitely. I mean – Starting starting with their coaching staff, this is a coaching staff that is familiar with the Salukis, and, I mean, our staff is familiar with them, starting with their head coach, Jason Eck, uh, the former OC for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits that led the way with Gronowski and Pierre Strong, and their D.C. was spent time as the special teams coordinator and linebacker coach at South Dakota. So these are guys that are definitely aware of the Valley and are probably prepared and have connections to call up, say, Hey, uh, what do you know about this team? What tape can you give me? What can you help me out? And I'm sure they've done that. So they will be well-prepared as a coaching staff. So um, our staff is just going to be, have to be ready for this one. Um, But like you said, this is a team where very good off offensively, they're 10th in the FCS in scoring, averaging 34 points a game. They're 29th in the FCS in points allowed at 21.8 a game. Um, their quarterback, they're led by their quarterback. Everybody knows him. He's a, only a sophomore, uh, Giovanni McCoy, uh, a very talented young guy. Um, he's thrown for 2,400 yards this year, 14 touchdowns, thrown for about 241 yards a game, only thrown 17 or only throw seven picks. So 14 to seven touchdown interception ratio, pretty good for him. Um, they do have a very talented run, running back, Anthony Woods. Um, also only a soft sophomore, uh, three-star uh, recruit out of the state of California. A lot of talent out there in California rush for a thousand yards this year, 14 touchdowns on the year, averaging around a, 100 yards a game so a very very talented guy he's backed up by 
I mean, Nick Romano has 500 yards himself on the year. So Nick would be close to, I'm not sure off the top of my head where Roe is at, but he'd be probably our leading rusher almost around 500 yards or close to where Roe is. So two guys that they're very good at running the football. Then that's not even talking about another guy, their leading receiver, Hayden Hatton, another three-star recruit um, out of the California as well almost a thousand yards, 985 yards on 75 receptions, nine touchdowns, averaging around 90 a game. Then guys around him, Jermaine Jackson, Therese trainer, uh, some pretty good athletes. I mean, they're going to be very good. Um, they can, they can score a lot, but they also can play possession game where we see a lot of the Dakotas do that. They can go downhill and, uh, run the football, uh, defensively though, I mean, like I said, 29th in the FCS and scoring defense. Um, they have some guys, they have Keyshawn James Newby. We've seen a lot of guys, um, on the D line. He's only a sophomore as well. Transfer from Montana state, um, led them in tackle for losses and led them in sacks this season. Um, some other guys on that defensive side of the ball real quick to watch out for along with him. Uh, X X Ray X Ray Alexander led them in tackles, tied with Trey Thomas and Tommy McCormick. So three really good guys on that defensive side of the ball. They're pretty tough on defense. But um, other than that, I mean, their kicker kicking game real quick. Um, kickers top five in the country in field goal percentage. Um, obviously, he kicks indoors, but he plays out in the Big Sky where. Um, some definitely some I'd say weather can get involved, but he's top five in kicking percentage. Their punter in that game, I mean, also punts indoors, but on the year he's averaging 48 yards a punt. He has a long of 70. This guy has seven punts over 50 yards, has seven inside the 20. So this is a guy that can change games if this if our defense steps up and get going. So expect long fields for offense, but in the end, it's going to be a battle of the trenches, and I like our trenches a little bit more than theirs, but this is definitely an incredible team. Uh, can't wait for the matchup. Yeah, and as you said, or in terms of whatever they could be doing, but they do play at the out, you know, outside with all those other teams that have amazing views in the background, a lot of airflow. You mentioned weather, no doubt about it. So that's not going to happen in this game, but it shows that they can battle through those, and it just means they can be even better in their home field and big-time specialists. I mean, that's the name of this game also. If you can manage to get them to punt, they will pin us deep, and then if they get in field goal range, oh, boy, he's only missed two on year on the year of Chavez. So they don't mess around with that, and they have the type of specialists that it takes to win it all, just in terms of what we had. We know we would give us a better chance. We've talked about that recently, but – their offense is crazy, as you alluded to, all of it there. I mean, Giovanni McCoy, he it seems like their future is very, very bright. If him and Woods are fringe under upperclassmen and then some of their defensive players, future is ever so bright for them. McCoy's only 170 pounds. He is about six foot. So, you know, and he's young, but he's not going to make too many mistakes. I mean, if they are have a guy that's almost got a thousand yards rushing, they can do a lot of both. Uh, so he doesn't have to do anything overly nuts with that, but he can air it out. Uh, but it shows he can run as well. He's got 74 for 165 on the ground, has rushed for two touchdowns. So he can do a little bit of both. So it's all about, you know, it seemed like he can be 
tough to, you know, track down and get on the ground at times with that size and weight. So that's something that to keep an eye out for. And uh, he will do a lot of different things. You mentioned, I mean, Woods is crazy. I'm 173 on the ground. I mean, like we said, a thousand yards, that's playing Montana, Montana State. That's playing those teams. I mean, that's just elite. He's got a 93-yard touchdown on the season. 14 touchdowns, as you said, is incredible. I mean, so if he gets in the red zone, he ain't they he, he's not not gonna get in the red in the end zone. So definitely a game in the trenches and gonna have to step up. I mean, we just love our rushing defense, but if a guy is this quick and elusive, and you mentioned all these star prospects, I mean, sometimes there's some things you just can't do to help it, but you know, they probably have a pretty good old line for the most part and everything. McCoy's only been sacked. He's been sacked 25 times, actually. So he can happen. What we say, Nick's is like pushing 40. So his is a lot, but McCoy, it can happen. And then you mentioned Hatton. Big game coming up from DJ Davis or Mark or DJ Johnson or Mark Davis that have this matchup. I mean, as you said, Jackson, who's five seven, has the second most yards on the team. They have a lot of different weapons. They have they have five guys over 200 yards. So that just shows you they have a pretty good tight end. Weapons all over the place. Our defense, this could be the toughest test our defense has had all year. We know how awesome they were, and it was at home against South Dakota State and stuff like that. And we were able to do against some offense. This is by far the best offense we'll play all year. So if we're going to ever count on our defense to come up big for us, it's when it matters most in a matchup versus a team or who might have the best offense in the country. So it's it's exciting to think about what the matchups could be and how this could play out in that regard. But other, they have just a star studded on that end. You mentioned defense. They can get scored on. I mean, they do have some nice players. They're leading Sacker, as you said, had five, that young guy. So they will split it up a little bit of who does what at every level. But, you know, it's nothing that can't be scored on. So hopefully we can take advantage. Clearly you got to match this team in points. If your defense struggles a little bit, this is the evermost of you need to go match and sustain drive. So – very, very good. We've talked about them pretty well to this point. Like I said, a team we've never faced before. So very interesting. So, Noah, I mean, Craig Haley had this one initially of what it could be, a five-and-a-half-point spread. And I'm sure it's moved. That was yesterday when that came out, and it'll move up until Saturday. What are you thinking? It, may, it might get up near – it'll stay between five and seven more than likely. Your official thoughts on that, what you think it'll be by game time, and then dive into the usual dogs of the game at the biggest game of the year, and then your overall prediction for this one. Yeah, I think uh, I think that'll probably stay right around that. I mean, um, bet online opening up as that. I was trying to look real quick and see how much it has moved. Um, ESPN doesn't even have it, so not sure exactly what it's moved to, but we'll know. I think that's probably about right going on the road here. Um, offensively, if I were to pick a dog of the game, um, I'm going to go with a guy that felt like he was slided, Isaiah Hartrip. I mean, they have a great receiver on the other side. And with Deontay, I mean, no, never knowing exactly what we're going to get from him. Him to step up and get this offense rolling because uh, we're going to have to score some points in this one to to win this football game so i'm gonna go with isaiah offensively defensively um i'm gonna go with some guy i'm gonna go with a guy on that linebacking core um and i'm gonna go with zach barola a guy who he's gonna need surgery thought he was out for the year but he's gonna play his tail off till the end i think zach can help 
lead this defensive, this top five rushing defense and try to control um, what they're doing back there for Idaho and obviously special teams. Uh, for me, it's got to come down to if he's – I'm going to go with whoever's kicking. I mean, if it's Bumgart or Thomas, you got to make your kicks in this one. Not only – I mean, hopefully – we're not settling for field goals, but if we are, you're inside a dome, so let's nail them. But extra points, all points are very key once it gets down to this one. But um, I'm gonna go with that one. And prediction wise, uh, I think we'll I think we'll keep it close all four quarters. But I think we fall late in this one. I think that they could potentially come down to a winning kick in this guy's home dome um, for the win. Yeah, that's what we would love to happen. You know, we would hate a loss, but I think we're both predicting that, no doubt. I mean, this is a this is a tall order, and again, it's the toughest game of the year against maybe the best team we played all year, and definitely comes down to our specialists. I agree, we shouldn't settle for field goals, but if you take points in a game that, let's say, your defense is getting stops, but if if it's not saying it's lucky stops, but let's just say it's something that's not going to happen too often and your defense does it and you're, you know, kind of, and you're in their zone and you're in relative, your decent field goal range. And let's say it's fourth and five, like we had been seeing. It obviously matters on that. If you're above fourth and five, you probably do it. If you're below that, you take a chance potentially, but you know that if you set up a field goal, who knows, who says Idaho can't go down the next drive and score a touchdown and then you're falling from behind after that. So Interesting with that, I agree. It could come down to – and they'll, they'll, their guys will hit theirs. It's a matter of ours will hit, we'll hit ours. And I think we'll punt in this game. So 20 is going to have to be massive as usual. That is None of that changes. And I, I want to say I think I'll go with whoever's returning punts because if their guys are nailing it, we can get lucky enough to let them punt. That if he's driving it, that will give you a lot of separation. Uh, let's say, you know – they're within their 40 to their 50 yard line in their own zone. And then they're kicking from whatever that would be. And Isaiah or whoever is taken or Jalen Reed's taken, you have about 25 yards to work with potentially. So that could matter in this game as well. I'll go with offensive and defensive wise. I'll go with the row Elliott because he's just a game changer. He can break off anything if you need him to. I think he can get some chunk yards in this game. I'm all, I, Again, you can't throw it every time. You need to establish some run to open it up. But um, Romir just gets those little chunk yards. And if we do run the ball, then I think he can do that for us before we air it out. And then on defense, I'm going to go with Tim Barga. I liked what he was saying in these videos as a senior. I think, like I said, if he gets sacked 25 times, their offensive the offensive line's fine. And if he's dropping back and airing it out to their star receiver, there's opportunities there. And even if it's a three-man rush and we'll sub in some guys, I'm going to go with this one of our edge rushers to get some action here and potentially their final game as seniors as well. You can't go wrong with anybody. Again, it'd be easy to say Nick Baker and maybe his final career game. We know it all is on his shoulders. Those are the easy picks, though. We're kind of go above them uh, outside of the box there on some picks. So, could be the last dogs of the game of the season besides if we pick some win or lose after the fact. And again, this is maybe the toughest game of the year. It's at the most important time of the year. I don't think anybody who's picking this game is going to pick us to win rightfully. So it makes sense. We both have us losing close games as well. That's all that matters in this game. It's only ESPN two. This is a big game for guys you want in the portal recruits coming in, you know, high schools, all that we talk about all the time. It matters. If you play close or you can extend your season, it matters in the biggest ways possible, but it is in this tough overall game in the Kibbe Dome and Moscow. Noah, your final thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a great football game uh, waiting for Saturday at 9 p.m. Central time to get here is going to take forever. Um, I would think I was reading reading yesterday about just the second round in general, about seven questions by Stan Deckman to be answered in the second round of the FCS playoffs. And number seven is is Idaho ready for the bright lights? This is a team that's number four seed in the playoffs. That's their really high expectations. This is the playing in the second round is the farthest they've ever been. I mean, they have a bye, um, but they didn't get here with a win. And they haven't won a playoff game since 1993. I mean, some of Idaho's yeah. players' parents hadn't even met, and none of them were alive. We weren't even alive. So, obviously, they took a jump to the FBS in 96. So, it's the Salukis ready for the bright lights because you're going on the road in a hostile environment, and – it's going to be a good one. I just hope we're ready for it. We know defense travels, and we know we have an elite defense. So can our offense do enough? What is that magic number for that offense to get to? I think it's in the mid-20s. If you don't get there, you're not winning this football game. Great point and some great tidbits you had there. They haven't done anything historically either, and for sure. And off of buy, that's what we said. Teams that are not coming off buys have momentum. The only thing for us would be having to travel literally all the way to almost the – the peak of the northwest of the country. It's just if we have that kind of fatigue or something that you can see settle in and just things change a place you've never been to before. All that factoring into the, you know, the usual stuff and quote unquote excuses that happens with road losses. But again, I'm hoping it's a really good a really close game as well. We'll see if we're up to it for sure. It's just it's crazy. I love those tidbits you said. Like I said, nothing they've done historically. So we're hoping to continue that for them and continue what we had been doing over the years. We know in the in the shortened playoffs in COVID season when we beat Weber State, we got to the Elite Eight against South Dakota State and got oh so close. So we tasted it years back. Let's taste it a little bit now, and we'll see You know what else happens. Again, we, we're not going to rule out any – home game that we can't have again moving forward that is all to that point but again we're just looking a little bit ahead but we cannot look too ahead over the vandals they are elite and we're going there for a fight in the sweet 16 matchup so excited nine o'clock definitely will take forever to get here we're so so excited though and that busy saturday to get here hopefully everybody else tunes in espn2 as well at that time so for nick malone no alerts Hopefully next time we come to you guys at the dub, go dogs.